0: In this episode, we look at how your thoughts about sleep affect your quality of sleep. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps, Big Changes. another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple research-backed strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and sleep is an incredibly important part of our lives. And I'll be honest, it's not something I give the right attention to. It's not something that I do for myself often enough and for long enough periods of time. Like I tend to feel like I need to be going, going, going. I need to hit it. I need to make things work and focus and be productive and get it all done. And that as we have all sort of started to learn, is dangerous. That is not the right way to go about creating change in our lives, about trying to be better, about improving. So sleep is ridiculously important and we're all starting to realize it. And that's why in this episode, I want to talk about how you can get better sleep, how you can improve your overall sleep and how I'm going to do this is actually interesting. So, you know, I love diving into research papers. There was a recent paper published back in December of 2020 on how your sleep attitude, that is how you think about sleep, how you feel about sleep actually might have an effect on the quality and duration of sleep that you get. So we're gonna start out by diving into that first and talking through the study, how they performed it, what they found. Then we're going to pull out the key takeaways, share how I sort of feel about this question. How does your sleep attitude affect your sleep um, based on the paper? And then we're gonna dive into some very straightforward step-by-step things you can do to improve your quality. Of sleep. So as always, this should be super good. But before we jump into it, I want to take a moment to thank today's sponsors. As you guys know, our sponsors are the reason that we can continue doing this show for free. So if you hear something you like, I highly, highly recommend that you check them out. Stay tuned. Do you ever just want to be a better version of yourself, a more confident, knowledgeable you? The fastest way to do it is through learning. Learning about a new topic or skill can not only broaden your horizons, but also boost your self-esteem. That's where the Blinkist app comes in. Blinkist takes top nonfiction titles, pulls out the key takeaways, and puts them into text and audio explainers called Blinks that give you the most important information in just 15 minutes. With Blinkist you've got access to thousands of titles and 27 categories of the world's best knowledge to choose from. And if you're more of a podcast person, they've got you covered with blinks for podcasts called shortcasts. All of this available in one app right in your pocket so you can learn anytime, anywhere. Now, I love Blinkist because I'm a curious person. I love learning about new ideas, better understanding how things work. And with Blinkist, when curiosity strikes, I can jump right into a book on the topic and get exactly what I'm looking for. Two books I'd recommend are Indistractable by Nir Eyal, which is all about how to stay focused each day and How Not to Worry by Paul McGee, which is all about dealing with anxiety, worry and stress. So why not try it out? Right now, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to blinkist.com slash tiny leaps to start your free seven day trial and get 25% off of a Blinkist premium membership. That's Blinkist spelled B L I N K I S T. Blinkist.com slash tiny leaps to get 25% off and a seven day free trial blinkist.com slash tiny leaps and i also want to thank today's other sponsor green chef listen i'm a big big fan of green chef seriously they reached out to me last year and sent me a free box and since then i've reordered it five times it's an awesome experience and the food is always delicious i'm talking top-notch chef's kiss quality food so if you don't already know Green Chef is the first USDA-certified organic meal kit company that makes eating well easy and affordable. Green Chef lets you choose from a wide array of easy-to-follow recipes created by professional chefs, which are perfect for keto, paleo, and plant-powered diets, or even if you just want to eat in a more balanced way. I know how important leading a healthy lifestyle is to you, and with Green Chef, it's honestly easier than ever. They've got satisfying home-cooked dinners with options that work around your lifestyle, not the other way around. And my personal favorite dish, it's got to be this Japanese vegetable fritters. They're super easy to make. They take like maybe 20, 30 minutes and they come with broccoli, edamame rice fritters and a ginger sriracha aioli sauce. Talk about fancy. It's stupid good, and it's so fast to make. And over the last year or so of staying indoors, Green Chef has honestly become an amazing date night with Rachel. So hint in if you've got a partner out there. So why not give the number one meal kit for eating well a shot? Go to greenchef.com slash tinyleaps100 and use the code tinyleaps100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash tinyleaps100 and use the code tinyleaps100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. All right, let's get back into the show. So, and and I'm going to mispronounce this name here. Aria Ruggiero and a team from the University of North Carolina, published a paper uh, back in December of 2020 titled Sleep Attitudes as a Predictor of Sleep Outcomes, a Secondary Data Analysis, which hypothesized that, quote, sleep attitudes would be indirectly associated with sleep outcomes, duration and quality via sleep hygiene which hypothesized that, quote, number one, sleep attitudes would be indirectly associated with sleep outcomes, duration and quality via sleep hygiene. And number two, this indirect effect would be modified by specific demographic variables like age, gender, race and perceived socioeconomic status, end quote. And the study was completed via survey. So they did a survey of 172 adults in the U.S. And this does mean, and this is something I always want to point out, all of this data is self-reported. Now, self-reported data in studies does have some degree of bias. It has limitations that comes with that. People don't always report things accurately. And so some numbers might be skewed in certain directions. I will say that a good researcher knows how to find that, how to screen for that, and make sure that they're getting as accurate data as possible. So it's not a massive issue, but I do want to make sure I point it out that this is self-reported data. Here's what they found. Quote, results confirmed the first hypothesis, indicating that sleep attitudes were significantly and indirectly associated with both sleep duration and sleep quality via sleep hygiene. Additionally, gender and socioeconomic status further modified these significant indirect effects, meaning hypothesis two was partially supported. So let's get into the key takeaways here. Uh, first of all, this is an interesting study, right? They start out by talking about how we've looked at attitude for a number of other factors, things like physical exercise and eating well and so on and so forth. But only recently have we started to look at attitude towards sleep as a determinant for quality of sleep. So this is one of the first studies to do that. And it, it, it's fascinating to think about the idea that how you think about sleep, whether or not you like it or are looking forward to it, versus what if you're more like me and you don't, you dread it, you feel like every night you're going to get a bad night of sleep. The thought that your attitude towards it can actually have an indirect effect on the quality. Now, that means that you feeling like you're going to have a bad night of sleep isn't going to immediately create a bad night of sleep. This is not manifesting. Right. But what it does is that you are less likely to engage in the routines and the habits and the things that could create a good night of sleep, you're less likely to invest in the things that could create a good night of sleep, you're less likely to upgrade your pillow or get blackout curtains or whatever it is, right? And of course, socioeconomic factors play a role here too. So if you live in a poor area, if you've always sort of penny pinched, if you've always been worried about all of these things, you're again, less likely to invest in those areas because they are seen as luxuries, which is, I think, totally fair. So you get this scenario where people end up getting bad sleep for many reasons. There are things outside of this study as well. It could be um, disease, chronic illness, things like that. But we're now finally looking at, one, the attitude you have around sleep, which can be created, and this is my own experience, can be created by a history of bad sleep. I remember for some period of time, I woke up every morning with crazy neck pain and stiffness and and just like sore throughout my entire body and that led to me dreading going to sleep because that's what i associated with it i didn't think of sleep as like an escape from the day as a chance to relax and and refresh or anything like that i didn't see it as a positive thing it was a drag on my time it was something i didn't want to do and i was going to wake up in pain the next morning and that resigned me to this way of viewing sleep and this way of uh, engaging and interacting with sleep where I wasn't doing the things that I knew could help. I wasn't drinking tea at night, which is a big part of my routine. I wasn't getting to bed at the same time every night, which I know is important. It's not something I do currently, but I do know it's important. I wasn't even taking the time to research new pillows or beds or blackout curtains or anything like that. I was just resigned to the fact that sleep sucks. That's that's just how life is. And therefore, it ended up creating this outcome where sleep sucked for me. That's so interesting to think about because you also then get into the question of, well, where do some of these attitudes come from? Sometimes it's historical, right? You've had a history of bad sleep for some period of time. And so therefore, you feel like sleep is a sucky thing, just like the example I just gave. But other times... Your attitudes around things come from your childhood, come from how you're raised, come from the things that your family and friends have said around you for years, come from the videos that you watch and the media you consume. If you're constantly consuming hustle culture stuff, where they talk about how sleep is for the week, how you can sleep when you're dead, if you're constantly consuming that stuff, then naturally you're going to have a less positive attitude towards sleep and therefore get less sleep, as this study found. So it's really fascinating when you start to break down the attitude that you have. And they also found that gender plays a role. And this essentially comes down to whether or not you are willing to sort of get help or or try and solve a problem, right? And they found that, Older women are more likely they have this this predisposed attitude to seek help, whether that help be a professional or it be tea and some kind of like supplement or it being just upgrading their lifestyle, whatever it might be. They found that older women are more likely to do that than, say, younger men. And so that had an indirect effect as well on your ability to get good sleep. It, it's just honestly a fascinating study. It, it really is. And it does raise a lot of questions. It does put a lot of, a lot to think about in my mind. Hopefully it does for you as well. But I do want to get into sort of what we can do because that's the, the cornerstone of this show, right? So the first thing I want you to really think about is number one, establishing that sleep routine, whatever that looks like. It can be tiny. It can be you floss, brush your teeth, drink tea get into bed. Like that could be your routine. That's honestly mine. Sometimes I read, sometimes I don't, but my routine is very basic. Other people have much longer, much more complicated routines, and that's fine. But establishing some kind of routine around sleep, we're now learning through this study is a critical part of it. Because the beauty of a routine or a habit is that regardless of your attitude, you still do it. You still show up. And that's ultimately what comes down to it. We've just learned that having a bad attitude around sleep doesn't directly affect your sleep quality. It does directly affect your willingness to do the things that can improve your sleep quality. And so it has an indirect effect on sleep quality. But as long as you still do the things you're still increasing your likelihood of having good quality sleep. So building that routine is the first thing you need to start thinking about in your own life. The second thing is to upgrade your sleep space. So this could mean getting a new mattress, getting new pillows. That was the biggest hack for me, was improving the quality of my pillow. And I spent a long time trying to find the right pillow, trying to find the right height, trying to make sure that I got to a place where this was no longer a problem. And I feel like I'm finally there or at least close But upgrading your sleep space, getting blackout curtains, honestly, maybe even changing your alarm. Because often if your alarm is like this thing that startles you every morning, you get closer and closer to that and you start being a little bit on edge while you're sleeping. That last hour of your sleep isn't restful because you're anticipating I recently for Christmas, I guess not recently, we're like eight months into the year. Uh, but back last Christmas 2020, I bought my mom a sun, sun lamp, sun, sun alarm, whatever the, the lights that like turn on and it's like a sun, sunbeam in your face or something like that. And she's reported back like it's a much gentler way of waking up. She feels like she sleeps better leading up to it. So maybe that's something you look into. And I, of course, can link to one that I bought for her, one that I recommend in the description of this episode. But upgrading your sleep space is a a major factor that can improve the quality of your sleep. And then the last thing is to do a little bit of work here. And this is where journaling comes into play. This is where therapy can come into play. But do a little bit of work to understand where your existing attitudes towards sleep come from, because as we know, it can have that indirect effect on sleep quality. So we want to tackle it. If it's affecting us getting better sleep, we want to tackle whatever we need to tackle there. We need to change those attitudes, improve those attitudes. Maybe it's historical. Maybe it's something that comes from childhood. Whatever it is for you, get a better understanding of it. Work at it. Try and improve it. Try and recognize that maybe things aren't as big a deal as they seem in your head but work on it. That is critical. So that's three things you can do to improve the quality of your sleep. That's where I'm going to end this episode. You can find all the resources, including the original study and any recommended products in the description of this episode. I also want to encourage you before we go to check out today's sponsors. Blinkist is a massively valuable platform for learning something new quickly And Green Chef is an amazing, amazing tool for getting new meal ideas, trying foods that you maybe would never try yourself, creating a date night experience for you and your partner. It's such a wonderful, wonderful experience. So check them out. You can find the links to them in the description of this episode. And thank you to them for sponsoring this episode. And with that said, I've been Greg Cloonis, And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. Every day.